It is, <clears throat> what is it, Sunday the 16th? And uh, I apologize for my technical uh, issues here. These things happen from time to time, particularly uh, when you're doing new technology, I guess you could say. Um, but that's not your problem, it's mine, and I'm going to get it fixed sooner than later. Um, and it's just very disappointing that one of the larger audiences I've got on Twitter won't be able to see some of the graphics I've got. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it figured out with Wirecast here. It cost me a lot of money to get this right, Wirecast, so you will be hearing from me. Nonetheless... It is the Dean Luggy Show, sponsored by Bank South. I really appreciate Bank South. Uh, I trust them uh, in terms of banking. You should give them a shot too. They've got a lot of mortgages that they can talk with you about mortgage situations. Obviously, CDs, deposits. Uh, if you're looking around for a checking situation, uh, they're a good one. Um, if you're having issues, I will try to fix them. I'm showing that I have sound, etc. But it's one of these days today. Hopefully everybody got through the hurricane uh, with no real issues. Uh, maybe you have in-laws in uh, North and South Carolina like I do. And uh, that was plenty to deal with for sure. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, this is a pretty big game uh, coming up. Uh, Missouri and Georgia. It will be a noon kick at uh, Farrat Field. Here in uh, here in uh, in Columbia, Missouri, uh, a place that Georgia's not lost yet uh, thus far. So it's an important game for Georgia, if for no other other reason than um, keeping up pace with everybody else. Georgia right now the number two team in the country according to the Associated Press. That's the poll that I've used consistently over time, um, and. It, everyone's been using since 1936 so uh or 19 yeah i think it was well anyway you get the point uh a big game for sure uh for the dogs and um they are listed as a 15 and a half point favorite let me double check and make sure that that line is still at that uh spot because i usually write yeah it's at 14 now which is probably about right 15 seems a little high, 15 and a half, but that still gives Georgia somewhere around an 87% chance of winning the game. So something like uh, Steph Curry making a free throw, uh, something like that. So that's Georgia's real, um, you know, they're a two-touchdown favorite on the road in the SEC, and that is a dramatic uh, line for sure. I can't remember what, um, <laughs> I can't remember what the line for Alabama at Ole Miss was. But um, I think it was 21, so that's a pretty significant line, too. And Ole Miss is just not that great. Here are my keys to the game, thanks to Bank South. Uh, defend the run. Okay, so follow me here. This is a Missouri team that is predicated on the pass. And uh, I think if you can stop the run pretty much completely, that means about maybe 80 yards for the entire game for Missouri. Uh, Missouri's going to have a hard time winning the game because in inevitably – you do have to uh, run the ball. I mean, you've got to run the ball. It's It becomes difficult to be second and 10 all the time or even holding second and 20 or third and seven. I mean, these are just difficult things to pick up. So for me, I think uh, you're going to need to d uh, defend the run, the Bank South keys to the game. Sorry about slow on the graphic there. 
if you slow them down in the run game or stop them pretty much, it's going to be a lot easier to do step number two here at the keys of the game, which is slow down Drew Locke. Now, a couple of different things about Missouri. Obviously, I think you got to take them very seriously. If you do so, uh, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to think Kirby and them will not. Uh, get this team ready to roll when they get to Columbia, Missouri. It's a game that Georgia should win, obviously as a 14-point favorite, but uh, Drew Locke scored some points against Georgia last year on some coverages that weren't so hot for Georgia. The secondary seems to be improved over last year. Um, I'm one of the people who also thinks that the defensive line is going to have to play better, particularly in the interior, but they've really done their job. I mean, if you, if you, I know I'm kind of getting sidetracked here, but if you know, the defensive line uh, has, for the most part, done its job against South Carolina in the first game of the year. Uh, but this past week, I think Georgia played a little bit sloppy, generally speaking. I'm not That doesn't really fall on the defensive line. They got hit with a screen pass for a touchdown, so Middle Tennessee got down the field and scored a touchdown like that. But uh, for the most part, the defense has done its job. They've only had, I think... 20, they only had 24 points scored against them. That's not a lot of production. So when you go into a game like you've got with Missouri, you know, one thing you get concerned about is, you know, they're going to light you up, they're going to light you up. Well, not if they can't run. I mean, and I get back to this. Again, third and seven, those are passing downs. It, and it becomes tough to convert those all the time. So you really do need to get them into second and eight situations or second and ten, and then maybe get it to third and five, and you can play ball then. If teams are running on you, you have a real problem, of course, stopping the run. And as you can see, when the opposition tries to stop Georgia, it becomes really tough. So um, I think if you defend the run, which is the number one bank south key to the game, and then you move on to number two, which is slow down Drew Locke, Number two will happen if you do number one. So you play first and second down uh, with the ability to stop the run. Missouri really should not be able to run on Georgia. Uh, and then finally, Missouri's defense just barely held on against Purdue this past week. The, 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 you know, Missouri had to get a, uh, a field goal at the end of the game to win it. It was a 40-37 fight over at uh, up in Purdue. Look, Georgia, the Georgia that I have seen over these last 18 games is not going to goof around with a team like Missouri. Uh, you know, they are going to smash them in the mouth, run the ball, make them pay, and uh, Missouri can score. They've scored 51, 40, and 40. They're scoring more than almost anybody in the league outside of Alabama, who scored 53 times, and Georgia, who has only been under have they been under 40? I don't think Georgia has been under 40. So this is not going to be a shootout. This is going to be Georgia scoring 40 and Missouri probably scoring 20-ish. 23, 24, 28. Georgia scores 42. So if you want to get into the betting game, you can. You just kind of better watch it. Uh, it's one of those games where on the road uh, – Things don't always work as functionally as you would like. But again, the beating Georgia put on South Carolina, a very a tough place. We can't it can't be everything at once. Like if 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 Georgia was accomplished enough to beat South Carolina on the road in a tough environment, 
they will be able to beat Missouri on the road in a, an environment that's not as difficult, okay? So it can't be that everything's constantly a test. I mean, one of these things have to be... Um, one of these have to be more difficult than the other. And I think we're seeing right now the most difficult thing that's going to be coming up uh, later this season is this trip to LSU. Uh, LSU, I don't think... I don't think they're going to win the West. I do not think they're going to win the league. I do not think that they are going to go undefeated. I do not think that they are as good as Georgia. I do not think they're as good as Alabama. But they can beat both of those teams. They just won't beat both of those teams. And that's... You know, that's something that if you're Georgia, you're watching that LSU-Auburn game last yesterday, last night, I guess you could say, there was plenty to be concerned about in terms of the straight-up physicality of LSU. So, yes, I'm looking forward. My job, I'm not on the team. I don't work for the university. That's their problem. My, my, my thing is to talk about what people want to hear about. They're not going to want to hear about Tennessee until next week. They certainly do not think... That, I mean, they certainly don't want to hear about Vanderbilt. So we're going to talk a little bit about Missouri. And then I was impressed with LSU. They certainly deserve to be top six. They probably should be number uh, four or five. I think Clemson, you got to drop them down. They're just not playing as well as they have been or should be. Certainly not to be the number two team in the country. So Clemson's got to, I think we got to let Clemson get it together before we move them up. Ohio State looked okay and then they exploded so they look good Alabama is clearly the best team in the country I think Georgia's probably the second best after that it becomes Oklahoma or Ohio State I think you'd go LSU probably after that maybe Clemson uh you know you know LSU's got two quality wins um so far they're a big physical brutal team big physical brutal is the person that has our dog post Banks out player of the game, and Elijah Holyfield played really well. It was his first 100-yard uh, game uh, for the Dogs. Elijah looked really good. Uh, that long run, obviously, was a, a key. If you're on Facebook or on YouTube right now, you can see the long run from Elijah. Uh, he just really took off. Didn't, didn't take it to the house, but that run pretty well ended the game. I think that run led to the 14 nothing. It might have been 7 nothing. I'm not sure, but Middle Tennessee just had nothing for Georgia after that. So Elijah is our Bank South player of the game. Thought he really, you know, 100 yards is not nothing. And um with um with the limited carries that DeAndre Swift got uh, it was good to see Elijah Holyfield get out there and continue to just pound Georgia. I mean, Georgia's run for more than 250 yards every single game this season. They probably will run for that many against uh, Missouri uh, against Missouri this weekend. I, I mean, look, I, I I have a hard time thinking Georgia loses this game. I do think there could be some doubt like in the third quarter or something like that. But I just think the running game from Georgia is too much. We'll see if Andrew Thomas gets back. A lot of people are asking me about uh, DeAndre Swift. So after the game, and you could see this in uh, all the stuff that we post on YouTube and on Dog Post. If you're not a member of Dog Post, you're making a mistake. It's a dollar for 30 days. Go check it out. DAWGPOST.com. You can read about Xavier Truss, a free article right now, uh, the committed player from Rhode Island. You don't know anything about him because you're probably from Georgia or the South and have never seen him play. But, uh, you know, Dylan Weber went up there a couple weeks ago, has a very good lengthy article about Xavier Trust. But 
the point I'm trying to make here is that uh, this team is going to run and run and run. Kirby, after the game, didn't say anything about DeAndre Swift being out because of injury. He said he got the first few carries, and then we just didn't feel like he needed to be in the game after that. I'm paraphrasing. So I think that they said, all right, he maybe got popped a little on his head. Let's be careful here. He doesn't have to play in this game for us to win. He's not going to play in this game for us to win. We're just going to go ahead on and, and, and move on. So you get the Bank South player of the game. Elijah Holyfield goes for 100 yards. I mean, it was good. Now, I'll get back to my whole spiel here, which is Georgia doesn't um, – There's, there's not like they're unbelievable. There's nothing unbelievable about this team. They're just really steady. And, you know, you know, people who are watching this right now, they sort of know where the holes are with Georgia. I haven't watched Alabama now twice, not the third, not the middle game. Alabama has some holes too, um, namely at an important spot, which is the in the kicking game. I mean, they're they're not consistently good at place kicking for sure, and uh, you don't want to be search. That nearly cost them a national championship last year, so you don't want to search for those things uh, midway through a season. It's it's too late, kind of. So I think Georgia is steady in all aspects of their program. I just think, totally speaking, generally speaking, uh, Alabama is the better team right now. Uh, everybody is very impressed with Tua. He has played well. We will see what happens when they get into a little bit more competitive situation. We're going to be uh, four weeks into it here, and Georgia will have played uh, probably a little bit more competitive schedule than Alabama. Uh, Louisville is is really bad. So... Um, that you know, I don't know how much you can put up that game. Mississippi is not that great either. So Georgia will play South Carolina and Mizzou. Uh, I'm curious to see the uh, Mississippi State Mizzou game. Excuse me, Mississippi State Kentucky game. Uh, that is an interesting game for the upper middle part of the conference, not the upper part of the conference, but the upper upper middle for sure. State, I think, wants to make sure that they're going in the same direction. Kentucky wants to get the four and over for the, probably for the first time in forever because they're always playing the Gators. So, uh, and then of course this week's Tennessee, Florida, and there's just not much to say about that game. I mean, the loser obviously is in real trouble, real trouble. I expect Florida to win that game. Let me see what the line is on that. But you know, for Georgia, if you just go handle business in Columbia, Missouri, you basically have two weeks to gussy up and get ready for the L- the LSU game. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's probably two and a half weeks, maybe not three full weeks, but um the Gators are a 5-point favorite on the road in Knoxville. I mean, I think I think Florida will probably win that game. I think Kentucky and South Carolina are probably the second best second and third best teams in the league, in the in the division. I mean, that's that sounds ridiculous, but I mean Kentucky really did just take Florida and beat them up physically. I don't think Tennessee can do that to them. Tennessee is, you know, I, I said on Tuesday that the UTEP game would tell us a lot about Tennessee. They struggled. I mean, the only one that they didn't give up a score, but they had a hard time scoring. And um, neither of those, I mean, like not scoring is a real problem in today's college football. 
So, um, and, and that's that's a problem that bank, that uh, that Mizzou does not have. They have the ability to score. The question is, do they have the ability to score against a defense the likes of which they've not seen, which is Georgia? I mean, the other the other thing that I keep thinking about and haven't spit this out yet is getting these emotional wins on the road coming down to the last second like they did against Purdue. It's a big win. Anytime you win like that, it's a big deal. The next week to turn around and play at noon, at home, well, 11 o'clock at home against a top five team, that is going to be a challenge for Missouri because everybody's patting them on the back. If they win this game, they are in very good shape, obviously, in the East. I still don't think they win the East if they beat Georgia, but they are in very good shape. Uh, you know, But again, here are the Bank South Keys to the game. If you're on YouTube, you can see this. If you're on Twitter... I'm going to figure it out soon enough. Don't worry. Defend the run, number one. Number two, slow Drew lockdown. Number three, score, score, score at will. Missouri can't stop Georgia. That's, that's going to be the problem. Is They don't have the ability to stop Georgia. Um, and I think that Drew Lock and Mizzou, they, Missouri, for the most part, for the most part, has pretty much scored some points against Georgia. I mean, 12, you know, they only scored 20, but they got out to like a 20 to 12 lead or whatever it was. In 2013, they scored a lot. 2014, they didn't score at all. And in 15, that was the worst football game I've seen. Just that that game needed to end. It needed a running clock. It was so bad. That 9-6 Grayson Lambert disaster. Uh, that was horrible football. But, you know, Missouri, for the most part, has scored, uh, uh, generally speaking, in this league. I just, I'm not sure... If they're going to have the ability to score against this Georgia team, um, the way that they're going to need to, because their defense is not going to be able to hold on with Georgia, I and mean, they're going to need Georgia to make mistakes. Jake Fromm's going to make mistakes. It happens on the road, you know. But that's just seven. Let's just say it's seven points. I, I'm not sure that that's going to make a difference. So, uh, if you're, uh, you know, if you if you are a betting person. 15 and a half to me was too much. 14, that's a little bit different because now you're starting to talk about, you know, two touchdowns, you kick a field goal and you're done. You know, 15 and a half, and maybe it's like a psychological thing for me. I don't like halves. I don't like halves. Um, 14, that's a different situation for me completely. I think Georgia and 14 will probably cover that line. Um, but I do think it's possible this game be a, a game, a game now, not. Georgia's losing a game in the um, in the third quarter. Maybe Georgia is up seven or ten at the half. Maybe they're up three at the half. Uh, but if you're not if you're not going to have the ability to run the ball, um, and I, I think Missouri will struggle to do that, then you know it's going to be hard to beat these dogs. Now they're not as dominant on the front. You know, front seven, front four, as they were last year, but they continue to throw people at you. I mean, it's it's seemingly never ending, and um, that's why I sort of get surprised when teams score double digits. Uh, you know, the, the the lower level teams score double digits against Georgia because they're throwing three units worth of defense out there at you during the entire game. These are all scholarship guys for the most part. Say say ninety percent scholarship guys are playing defensively, it's not surprising that they don't score. Uh, it's not surprising at all. I mean, South Carolina should score at home. 
and one of those was junk uh, at the end of the game. But, you know, it's this is a good Georgia team. They're solid. Um, it's not surprising. We've seen this a lot. You know, a lot of people are talking about this right here, which is this noon kick, which it's going to be 11 o'clock local. Uh, you know, 11 o'clock local is not ideal. Um, it's ideal for me. Boy, I wish Georgia would play 11 o'clock or even 10 a.m. I'd be all over that. We'd be in, we'd be out, we'd be done. I wanted to. I wanted them to play at night for this Middle Tennessee State game. I think they still could have done that, as it turns out. But, um, you know, it was fine that they played at noon. We were done with everything by 8 o'clock that night, thankfully. Usually the games were much worse for us than that. Um, you know, Frott Field can get sort of loud, um, but... It's it's not a they are not right on top of you. There's there's almost a track around the stadium. It's not a real track. It's a, a kind of a con concrete ca uh, track. I'm sure most of y'all have probably not been out there because we've only been in the league for three trips out there. But um, it it's not the worst place to play. The end zones for the most part you are not going into um, fans. Uh, and if you are a corner of that part of the stadium, are your fans? So you're going if you're going towards the rocks, what I was calling the rocks. Um, there's it's just people sitting on a hill, so it's not like it's completely um, nuts. Well, you know, someone's pointing something out here that I do probably need to say is that both these teams are going to come out of the same tunnel, which is strange, and it's going to be um, they're going to be separated by uh, chain link fence. Yeah, that's not a good sign or look. I think Missouri needs to kind of get that all figured out and situated. But, um, you know, I, I expect Georgia to probably come out last. They've been doing that a lot. Uh, they did that at South Carolina. You know, um, I think they've been coming out last at home. But they're not going to get into any pregame stuff. I mean, that, this, this is not that 2015 team that was too excited. These guys come out, uh, they whip your ass, and then they leave. They're not interested. They, they typically don't talk a lot on the field. I'm on the field for the games. They typically do not talk a lot on the field. So the personality of this team is, you know, do it between the whistles, and uh, there's no talking after that. I remember very clearly the, the um, captains for the South Carolina game uh, they didn't say anything from from the to one another or anything. They were they weren't talking at all. There's no, you know, yeah, 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 false bravado. I don't like false bravado, man. I like quiet teams. Quiet teams. There've been some discussion uh, here about uh, Justin Fields playing. Justin is definitely going to play. It looks like in every single game, no matter what, and. Um, I think that's good. I mean, he was he looked good on Saturday to me. He was in. Uh, he was effective uh, throwing the ball. These quarterbacks were very good. Um, someone said, uh, I was listening to, it was uh, Sean McDonough, and I can't remember. Well, maybe it wasn't Sean McDonough. Someone was saying, a national guy, saying that Alabama has the best quarterback situation. I'm not sure it's Georgia. I mean, it might be Georgia. Um because Jalen Hurts definitely is up and down um, when he played last year. He's not 
overwhelmingly dependable with the, the pass. Um, Georgia's two guys, it would be interesting to see Fields play a little bit more with the bullets flying against, you know, at South Carolina, maybe this week against Mizzou. But these two guys are very gifted. They're good, no doubt. No, no doubt about it. And they're, um, their offensive line is giving, I mean, their offensive line gives them the type of protection that you're going to get at Bank South with your, with your money, okay? Bank South's going to take care of you. These deposits, obviously FDIC insured, etc. You want a mortgage? Take a look at the housing market. You should definitely go check out Bank South Mortgage. I'm not just saying this stuff. It uh, They help us. They help dog posts. They know what it's like to help small business. You should give them a look. Uh, but the production on the offensive line at Georgia is giving Jake Fromm the ability to literally survey the field, go through progressions. There are times when guys he throws to are totally wide open. Totally wide open. It's insane. That should not be happening at the Division One football level. It should not happen at Division II. Um, it's, it's an impressive group out there. And here's the question, too, is... Will Andrew Thomas be back this week? You know, I would get him out there as quick as you can. You don't want particularly big guys to forget what it's like to play. Obviously, he's played 18 games in college football. He's not going to forget how to play or 16 games in college football. Uh, 17, what am I talking about? So, But you do want Andrew out there as much as you can. He's a starting left tackle. Cade Mays is their number six guy, it looks like. Uh, they're going with that beefy lineup. You know, Cade had an okay game he had uh, one of those games where you know if you're a left tackle sometimes you're just going to get beat and it happens that's what happened on that from fumble where being cleveland jumped on the ball elijah holyfield i mean you know two guys met at jake from or at jake from caused an issue that could have led to an easy score but ben jumped on the ball quickly uh and got the job done there and georgia took it from there 49 to 7 over milton c state i don't I don't know um, if it's it's hard to know what to really expect uh, beyond Georgia winning this game solidly. Um, it it I just I, I'm having a hard time getting there uh, because of the of the big guys. I mean, I think this this race seems more and more like Georgia and Alabama. With a collision in Atlanta, um, maybe LSU will have something to say about that. You know, Auburn now your problem. I haven't talked about Auburn at all. Your problem now, if you're Auburn, you got to run the table completely. I mean, Alabama's not going to lose two games, so uh, you're going to need to run the table completely. That involves beating Georgia and Alabama on the road. I, I just don't see it. I think Alabama. Excuse me. I think LSU could beat Alabama or Georgia. Uh, I don't know that they'd be favored to beat either of them. Maybe uh, maybe now LSU will be more like a two-point fa- uh, dog at home. Uh, but I think that uh, this does seem more and more like a collision in Alabama. It's so funny, too, to see uh, the uh, boy. The Alabama fans are really either nervous about Georgia or something because they cannot barely go through a Twitter feed without uh, mentioning Georgia. I mean, they don't play. They're not scheduled to play one another this season. You know, Georgia, it looks like, will get to Atlanta. I mean, LSU can lose to Georgia, beat Alabama, and get to Atlanta. I and mean, that's how that works. I don't see Bama losing twice. 
I see Bama losing probably one game this season if they lose that, and we'll just see what happens. They're good, but they're beatable. They are definitely beatable, particularly with those kickers. I mean, it's just not great. Uh, and then finally here tonight, a lot of questions about the pass rush. Look, they're going to have a hard time rushing the passer if the kid's getting the ball out of his hands in the first two or three seconds. I mean, they're just, there's, there's, you know, that's why you stop the run. Because um, guys are not going to complete passes. And if you're sitting there uh, in third and 10 or third and seven, you're not going to, com- you're not going to convert the first down. And if you do, it's going to be one of the four times you do it the entire game. So it's just the, the pass rush thing I get it, I understand, but I think I think folks should realize that if guys are going to get the ball out as quick as some of these quarterbacks are getting it out, you're just not going to get pressure on them. I mean, in many ways, if you, if you remember the 15 Bama game, they didn't pressure the quarterback. They made him sit in the pocket, and the pocket went from this to this. And it's much more difficult when you can't step into a throw. It's much more difficult when you have three arms in the air trying to block you at, you know, five foot range rather than, you know, stepping up into the pocket. If you can't step up into the pocket, you got a problem. You can't throw the ball. Then all of a sudden you're not, you don't need a pass rush because they can't throw it. So there's, there's a lot of different ways to win sports, you know, in basketball, you can do hurry up. You can be deliberative. We were deliberative at Coker, Uh, you know, in tennis, you can be serving volley, although that hardly happens anymore. There's different ways to win sports. And the number one thing is to score more than the other person. Everybody's being pretty nitpicky right now about this, this pass rush at Georgia. They want to turn DeAndre Walker loose. They can do that at any time. They, that, that's not a problem. The point is to get off the field. It doesn't always have to result in a sack. And that, that Leonard Floyd and those guys were really, really good at that. You don't always have to play that way. Join me Tuesday night. This has been Dean Leggy on the Dean Leggy Show.